Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy podcast. Here's what you can expect from listening to Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy. My true passion is all about helping educate you, the listener, on plant-based nutrition. I educate through my own story and experiences on a multitude of plant-powered topics, including health, plant-based nutrition, fitness, mindfulness, to teach you how you can be your most powerful self every day. With interviews with top fitness, health, wellness, and spiritual experts, this podcast is a non-judgmental, fun, and happy atmosphere. Sit back and enjoy some of the amazing interviews that I have with not only plant-based experts, but with people who have truly transformed their lives with plant-based nutrition. Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. I have Dalen Robinson with me today. He is an upcoming vegan chef who specializes in a plant-based approach to cooking. His cuisine is based on using fresh and local ingredients to showcase the amazing locally grown food. And he's now in the process of writing a cookbook and hopes to share his works very soon. You can also follow him, and this is how I found him, uh, and his food journey at The Guard on Vegan on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so I'm going to post that link on the show's notes. And uh, if you haven't already checked him out, you have to check his page out because his food is not only beautiful, but to die for. And it's low oil, you know, refined sugar free. Um, so just some beautiful, artful pieces and dishes. It's incredible. Uh, so Dalen, what made you want to become a chef? Well, I started off actually with becoming vegan first. Mm -hmm. uh, the vegan, low oil, no, no sugar, whole foods, plant-based. So that's what started me off. And starting in that, I just cooked all my own meals for myself because my family, they all eat regular food. Mm -hmm. So that's where my food journey really began. And then from that, I really enjoyed cooking and doing that cuisine for myself. And from there, after high school, I went into my first kitchen. And that's where I really found the love for beautiful plating, fine dining, and appreciating ingredients to the highest level. Oh, that's amazing. So what led you to veganism? Uh, I watched uh, Cowspiracy, actually, in uh, one of my health classes. And I just thought, why not try it at least? You know, it, it sounds good enough to at least try. And I've never gone back since. It's been four and a half years now. Oh, that's incredible. So what types of things do you notice um, or did you notice after you transitioned? Like, did you notice any difference like in your energy or? Um, uh, I got some good weight loss from it. Definitely better energy, uh, better cardio. My, my sleep was a lot better. Uh, especially working early mornings and late nights, it helps. So that was great to transition to plant-based. Oh, that's amazing. So in, you know, in chef school and uh, now working in a, in a restaurant, do you ever face um, any type of controversy among fellow chefs with 
uh, with the veganism thing? Um, yeah, there was definite pushback at the beginning when mm -hmm. I was just starting to kind of get into the the higher ends of the uh, whole whole foods plant based cooking. You know, it was like, ah, you know, that doesn't look too good. You know, uh, you know, it doesn't have butter, it doesn't have salt in it. You know, oh, my right. chef taught me this way. So it was a lot of learning, a lot of failed dishes, a lot of this tastes like garbage. I got to throw all this out. But for years and years after all that, you just learn different things, um, especially conceptual ideas in cooking. So instead of looking at a specific ingredient to make a dish, what is the specific ingredient do to make that dish what it is? Right. Um, that was what's big in that. But definitely some pushback. But now, within the past six months, I'm just starting to notice people coming to me and asking, you know, oh, you know, I saw this recipe online for, uh, you know, this new tofu dish or whatnot. And they're all, you know, hardcore meat eaters. So I think that's really interesting to see. It definitely is. And I'm noticing more and more plant-based options on menus. I'm noticing more and more plant-based restaurants. Um, so like, do you feel that there's a, a shift where people are starting to gravitate towards plant-based options, even if maybe they still do eat meat? Definitely. Like even in the restaurant I'm working now, it's set up in more of a buffet style. So anyone can eat whatever meat or plant-based options they want. And Definitely now that I've come in, um, I'm trying to work on garnishing and making plant-based options more available instead of just, you know, the regular beans or uh, plain tofu options and make it more interesting for people like uh, taco fillings or soups are a big one that I love doing that's a, a big seller. So yeah, um, there's definitely more interest in plant-based than there was 10, even five years ago. Agreed. I feel also like, like people when maybe even five years ago, when they think about plant-based, they think, okay, well, I'm just going to have like a, a bowl of rice or a bowl yeah. of beets and kale. And you can really do some incredible things with herbs and spices and stuff like that. What's your favorite type of uh, herb or spice to work with or combination of? Um... I don't really have a favorite one. I think it would be working with the different tastes. So like bitter, sweet, salty, sour, mm -hmm. uh, trying to find a way to put those into every dish. Uh, so like a, an acid, like a pickle, a creamy, like an avocado, um, working with the whole taste instead of just like sweet, salty, or the two or three little ones. Yeah. So seasoning is great in herbs and spices and that, like it gives a lot of aromatic flavor, but aromatics is still, for me, just one of the little pockets of taste that you can experience in the mouth. Right. So there's like a whole new world that I yeah. probably, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not as, as uh, educated in that as you are, <clears throat> but um do you think that it's, or do you find that it's difficult to replace, say, a normal recipe with uh, dairy, eggs, um, even like, you know, some animal protein? Do you feel like it's hard to sort of turn that into something that's fit for uh, plant-based consumption? 
Um, sometimes it is, but if I can go back to the conceptual looking at food, like if we take a pancake, what is a pancake in its purest form? Like what are each ingredient in the recipe of a pancake do? So I get a lot of people coming to me like, oh, you know, you got to put eggs in pancakes. You got to put um, oils in pancakes, but you don't because all an egg does is it's a temper, it's a binding agent, right. but not a necessary binding agent. If you use a wheat flour or if you use a gluten-free flour, then you can use a, a chia egg or a flax egg um, or oil. All it does is add moisture to the pancake. So if you add a coconut milk or some sort of other, like a peanut butter or a nut butter, like an oilier substance to help mm -hmm. keep that moisture inside the pancake, then the oil and the eggs are not necessary. So if you kind of look at each ingredient and ask yourself, what is this ingredient really doing in this recipe? You can kind of use that to find other ingredients like plant-based ingredients. So like creaminess would be, you could do avocado or some sort of other vegan mayonnaise mm -hmm. combination. Um, back to taste if i'm losing an acid in the dish i have to replace it with something like a pickle so it's difficult at first it is uh you'll fail a lot of times but if you look at each ingredient you can try and find uh different plant-based options but it, it is difficult yes so I think that what you're saying about sort of looking at it as uh, each ingredient as what is it doing for the, for the recipe as a whole, I think that that's a great analogy because, you know, that way you're sort of, it opens your mind up to thinking like, oh, okay, so I need some moisture in here. Well, then why can't I just put some uh, unsweetened applesauce? Yes. You know, and I find a lot, because I bake a lot, I find unsweetened applesauce is great as a replacement for oil. I use a lot of chia eggs um, and stuff like that. And before I knew all that, I was sort of lost because I was thinking, well, oh my gosh, how, how in the world am I going to replace an egg? But I wasn't thinking about, well, what's that egg actually really doing for the pancake, for instance? And I can make pancakes sans eggs um, and they're just as delicious. So you're right. It's all about opening your mind to the job that that ingredient's doing over, uh, you know, like just trying to find some sort of replacement or racking your brain about that. Yeah. Even something like uh, a pesto, which you would usually make with basil and spinach, you could do like a Swiss chard pesto I've done is very oh, good. Right. And it's just replacing the spinach. So you can really use any leafy green, but if you didn't break it down as the spinach is just a leafy green to help build up the pesto, then you wouldn't really find those new variations. Right. That makes so much sense. That's amazing. Uh, so can you, do you, uh, do you develop some of your own recipes and can you walk us through that development process? Um, Developing recipes is interesting because I usually just um, modify them from regular recipes off of the same kind of breaking down into their 
raw concepts yeah. that I was talking about before. Um, my recipes aren't really weighed out. They're just more to taste like, oh, this needs more acid, this needs, this needs more salt, which is difficult to get to when you don't know what it needs. Right, um, yeah. So it's an experience you... really, just tasting a lot of different foods, knowing what you like and experience. So that must be difficult too though, because knowing what you like and then knowing or trying to understand what you know, everyone else who you're feeding will like, um, to me, that would be really scary. How do you sort of work around like, uh, almost like a bias where you're like, well, I know this tastes good, but will it taste good for everyone else? Or do you uh, yeah, it's difficult. Uh, you I know there's taste? like, when I'm tasting a dish, yeah. I don't really like much salt in my food, but uh-huh. I know the exact level of salt that, you know, my, my coworker likes just cause I, Right. Come and ask him, you know, oh, does this taste good? Oh, this is what it's supposed to taste like. And you just kind of have that memory of this salt level is at this level. And below that is under seasoned and above that is over seasoned. Uh, so again, it's a lot of practice, a lot of knowing who like you're catering to. So where I'm working now, there's a lot of very active people. They, they work out a lot. So mm-hmm. I know they like healthier, more vegetable options, which is fantastic for me. Uh, oh, definitely. If I was working in more of a, a greasier, like, um, steak, potatoes restaurant, I would have to, to change that formula again. Well, and yeah. even so, I'm finding, you know, I've, uh, with my online summit, I had the opportunity to speak with um, some amazing people from California. And they were saying, you know, one of their, actually two of the participants were talking about one of their favorite steakhouses in Los Angeles the owner is actually vegan and his menu now is like almost 75% plant-based. So there's, there's still this huge shift that's going on where you can still go to a steakhouse and eat a plant-based meal if you want, which is fantastic because it sort of opens it up to someone like me who likes to work out all the time and eat healthy and someone like, uh, you know, one of my best friends who, wants a steak you know we don't have to sort of compromise and I don't have to take her to a vegan restaurant she doesn't have to take me to a steakhouse where I can't order anything on the menu so it's really um it's really starting to open up in that case um and I did notice you know personally when I went plant-based my whole palate changed so I mean I was eating a ton of refined sugars processed food a lot of oils and it took me a little while before I could actually eat a tomato and taste how great a tomato tastes. Like it's sweet, it's delicious. Um, you know, how do you sort of like cater to the taste buds of someone who is plant-based over someone who is, um, or, and their cha- taste buds are changing over someone who is just like still eating a typical Western diet? How do you sort of- yeah, that's a great question. Like my girlfriend and I, we're both plant-based. So I know what we like, low oil, low sugar, like yes. no sugar, um, very low salt. But then I, I work at the restaurant and I have to put oil, put sugar, put salts. Um, so it's again, trying to find that minimal level of trying to put this much salt and not over that because they, they could eat more salt than that. But 
if you use an acid uh, that helps lift flavor and use less salt or if you roast or caramelize an item to brown the sugars that mm -hmm. can give it more flavor so Absolutely. little kind of cooking techniques that enhance little bits of flavor will allow you to use less oil and um, sugar and seasoning like that which are not necessary for us at least but yeah make the dish taste better for people still on a regular diet right which is amazing because to think about it if you can cater to both and you know two two people on two separate diets or living two separate lifestyles can eat the same thing and still enjoy it that's that's like the sweet spot i think yeah uh, i think it's also too a lot about uh local ingredients which i've been really getting into on my channel uh, so if you take, you know, a tomato from somewhere in South America in the middle of January in Canada, it's not going to taste as good as, you know, a fresh farmer's market tomato. Absolutely. So it's a lot about getting good local fresh ingredients, seasonal ingredients into the kitchen and cooking with that because it tastes a million times better and you don't have to use as much seasonings or anything like that because it's just naturally comes amazing. Right. And because, uh, you know, e each season, the produce changes. So it's nice to, you know, have different things on your menu that you're, you know, choosing from. You're not eating the same thing every night. And I yes. love, I love uh, local fruit and vegetable markets, um, especially in the fall, because they have like a whole new, you know, uh, variety of uh like squash and delicious pumpkin and stuff like that, that I can start incorporating into my lunches and my dinners. So it's not like, oh, we're eating the same quinoa bowl as we did last night and the night before. So it keeps things interesting and exciting, I guess, too. Yeah, as you say, it's, it's great to change the menu like that. Even uh, if you look through my Instagram account, you can see the seasonal change. So uh, earlier on in the spring and summer, I was doing a lot more like uh, garnishing with wildflowers and that that were coming out in the spring. But now it's more like later into the summer, more hearty vegetables. And then as we go into fall, into the pumpkins, as you say, and uh, the more winter vegetables, which is, again, more interesting eating than just, you know, rice and the same broccoli yeah. cauliflower every night. Absolutely. Final question for you. So yeah. I, everyone knows now, I found you on Instagram because, you know, your, your food has blown me away. I mean, I was looking through, like, I was in a trip looking through all of your pictures because the food is just beautiful. Um, do you feel that Instagram has sort of changed the game in terms of showcasing your, you know, like artistic talents um, or just, you know, like oneself? Do you feel like Instagram is, is opening you up to a whole new audience that you really didn't know you had? I really think it is. Even just my own vision of what a plate looks like has changed since uh, starting my Instagram account. Um, I used to just put food down and, you know, it would look okay. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm taking pictures of it and, you know, so many people are seeing it, I have to take different shots and, you know, it's at least... 10 different photos per one dish. Plating takes at least four minutes and I could spend anywhere from 15 minutes to four hours creating a dish just for that one picture to show what I can, to bring to my employer, to bring to my customer, 
what have you. So I think Instagram is huge, even in just inspiration. Like I go on accounts and I'm blown away uh, by some of the amazing food out there. Yeah. It's very inspirational. It's a huge source of drive for me as a, a young chef coming up, seeing all these amazing places and hoping to work in them one day. Yeah, definitely big change. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. The best way to spread the word about the amazing benefits of plant-based nutrition is to share information. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and family, both in person and through social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm so thankful for each and every share, mention, and follow from you guys. And if you're looking for more plant-based recipe inspos or you want to kickstart your very own plant-based journey, please visit www.jenniferz.com. Until next time, guys, stay healthy, happy, and plant-based.